Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to this authentically beautiful day here on Real Presence Radio. We are your hosts, Brad Gray. And I'm Janine Bitson, and we're just so grateful that you're tuning in today with us. Yes, and we're uh, on with the next installment of Real Presence Live. It is just a glorious day. I'm so, uh, I I don't know, I'm just, I'm I'm living it. Loving it, living it. I'm just uh, alive today. How about you, Janine? Well, I could I could stand for the wind to just calm down yeah, a little yeah, bit. So, but uh, I mean, maybe it's just extra Holy Spirit. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a summer guy. Well, living up in the northern tier here, um, I just gobble up any sort of warm weather we can get because it it seems to certainly by the, be the minority. Uh, in our our natural flow of things, so oh, oh I know. And with uh, summer solstice uh, this weekend, yeah, it's kind of the reality check that uh, our days start, start shortening, shrinking, yep. and so we need to really enjoy every moment, don't we? Yes, absolutely. And uh, along with that, we certainly want to be praying for rain for our farmers, and absolutely uh, for all those of us who have gardens and and the like. Um, there's there's definitely a need there, right? Yeah, yeah, there sure is. But hopefully, it's the the right kind of rain and not baseball size hail. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. we uh, we do need to be praying for our farmers. We're so grateful, Absolutely. you know, for Absolutely. all the hard work that they they yeah. do for us. Yeah, I know my father-in-law out in Western North Dakota. Um, for the first time, I think he said in thirty years, he had to replant his crops this year. They just weren't coming up. So it is it's a tough time, and we definitely want to throw the needs of all the people throughout our listening area for sure um, before the at the feet of our Lord and ask Him to shower down his mercy, you know. Right, right. In fact, um, today at Mass, uh, the psalm is Psalm 31, and what a powerful prayer, you know, of praise for deliverance from our enemies and troubles in life. And so that we, you know, begin this in prayer, maybe we can focus on Psalm 31 today in our lives. Uh, Those of you listening, you know, open up your Bible and just read Psalm 31 and in its fullness. uh, It is full of hope and it is full of comfort. Uh, So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. So from Psalm 31, let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. How great is the goodness, O Lord, which you have in store for those who fear you, and which toward those who take refuge in you, you show in the sight of your children of men. You hide them in the shelter of your presence from the plottings of men. You screen them within your abode from the strife of tongues. Love the Lord, all you his faithful ones. The Lord keeps those who are constant, but more than requires those who act proudly. So it's just a really important psalm for us to just take hold of with everything going on in the world, in our own personal Mm -hmm. lives. Um, There's great comfort uh, in Psalm 31. Yeah, absolutely. And, And that's the beautiful thing is that as Christians, we can be utterly convicted that this is true. Right, I mean, like God can't lie, and so when He promises that He is there for us, He's here for us, He's caring for us, um, even if if His His help and assistance 
doesn't you're not perceiving it right here you can be sure of it you know right. that's it, and it changes everything it really does it does and and we also know that god's timing is perfect in mm-hmm. all things mm-hmm. and um and for many reasons that we don't get instant response there mm-hmm. might be something that is planned and all that from him yeah you know one of the things that uh, through some of the trials that i've gone through in my life um that the lord kind of planted in my heart is when there are these times of trials or, or waiting um that he just kind of gave me this prayer of, uh, you know, Lord, don't let me waste this. You know, we don't want to live in in the future um, and and at the expense of the present, right? right. And and the Lord God is here right now in the present. Mm-hmm. And and it is every problem has an opportunity, and God is uh, asking us to pray and to discern mm-hmm. how we're supposed to be part of that opportunity, yeah. you know, that reconciliation of uh, human beings, human family, because yeah. we are all God's family. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. speaking of family, we have the Director of Marriage and Family and Respect Life for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Emily Leadham, on the line. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, happy Wednesday to you, too. Hump day, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, Emily, like, what day is it? I'm so glad we have Mass again because yeah. it's like, for a while there, it's like, what day is it? You know? Yeah, I have to tell you that <laughs> yes. um, I had this this radio show in for the last two months in my mind has been on a Friday. And so I kept thinking all, like, for every up until yesterday, I was like, "Okay, we got the show on Friday," and, and Brandon had talked to me and uh, said, "Oh, can we can we talk? You know, after the show on on uh, Wednesday." I'm like, uh, "Wednesday." <laughs> so Wednesday? it was a what providential a little uh, conversation that we had yesterday. So thanks be to God, we're all here. Yeah. Well, welcome, Emily. Oh. We're so excited for you to join us today. Thank you. It's such a joy to be on with you. You know, we were we were talking uh, briefly you know, in our opening prayer and, uh, you know, just every problem is an opportunity and, and all the things that are going on in the world, whether it's, you know, in our own town, in our own city, even within our own homes. Uh, and then, of course, on the much broader, you know, with our nation and world. But, um, you know, we're just wondering, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about family life and how it is coming under attack in the culture today? Yeah, you know, it's been interesting, and I'm, I'm grateful you're just pointing to kind of the realities of what's happening in the world, because quite frankly, as I've been watching some of these unfold, um, more than ever, I think I've experienced a deep conviction that there must be a renewal of the family. Yes. Um, I think it's at the heart of so much of... Um, evil or of uh, anger. I don't know if you've gotten on Facebook lately, but there's a lot of anger on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, there is. Um, and, so, and I think a lot of that at the heart is really this disruption of family, where we're not learning how to authentically engage with other people. We're not learning well how to be in relationship mm-hmm. with people that drive us crazy. And if that's not the role of the family, then I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. the reality of brothers and sisters and, right. you know, whatever, of people that kind of drive us crazy, and yet it's in that very place that it's the school of love, that we learn how to uh, regulate, how to discuss, how to problem-solve, really how to love, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, um, and totally. so, yeah, I, I, um, I think more than ever I'm realizing just through kind of this this witness of the world, if you will, 
um, the way in which the family is is under attack mm-hmm. um, with with uh, you know high divorce rates and absent fathers and um, you know a lot of different statistics that I think we could point at um, that are revealing this this wound um, in, in our culture. You know, you're so right, Emily, because even if you just take the beginning of life, you take the abortion issue, you know, um, the attack on the most vulnerable, innocent child in the womb, and then you take that act of um, what happens there, and then you look at the, the fathers who mm-hmm. the high rate of incarceration of a dad who has experienced abortion. I mean, the statistics are, are just off the chart. And mm-hmm. so it's just that one act of not respecting the dignity of the human life in the womb, how that mm-hmm. can you know cause so many problems. And that's just one of the many problems yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that I'm mentioning. But you, know, you look at the important role of the father in the family, and um, boy, and then they're just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if I may, I think I think that's a great example of of abortion and um, really the the wound of abortion in the world and and this experience that so many, particularly young women, are dealing with. But I think if we could take a step back and look at just the generational um, realities that have been in place that end up leading a young woman to Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. for example. You know, like, it's it's easy to look and see, okay, this young woman is so lost or whatever, but also, where's her support system? Yes. Right. Culturally, have we put her in a place where she knows that she can succeed, that it's going to be really hard, but that she has parents that are supporting her or siblings that are supporting her um, to say, you know, this maybe isn't the way that you planned and it's going to be harder. But hey, we're here with you. We got your back. Mm-hmm. So I think to just take that broader, broader stance, looking at not just you know that that nuclear family of of a young woman walking into an abortion clinic, for example, but her family, her family, or her you know um, boyfriend's family or whatever. What kind of support is there? And I think it just gives us this bigger picture view of of maybe what's happening. That is almost the greater way in which the family is under attack, in my view. You, um, you are absolutely right, Emily, because I remember a friend calling me, and, and she was just very um, hesitant to tell me what was happening with her daughter with an unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then when she did you know, tell me, it was like, well, thank you for being pro-life. You know, you know, thank you mm-hmm. for supporting her. Thank you for being pro-life because so many of the women who do enter the clinic, it's because the parent, they're just afraid of this, you know, unnecessary shame or like this isn't, like you said, the the best, you know, plan way to have a child. But it's like, thank you for being pro-life. Thank you for supporting your daughter in this time you know, of her need, um, that, and thank you, God, that she felt comfortable enough coming to her parents and talking to her parents, you know, and didn't hide that from them for fear of how they would respond. You know, you are so right, Emily, we need to really change that culture within our own families if these unplanned pregnancies happen. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and you asked, you know, right at the beginning, how is the family under attack? And, and that's one good example. The other example that comes to my mind, especially after coming out of uh, several months of really being at home with my family, mm-hmm. um, a greater awareness of the distraction, the role of distraction, and how that, or busyness perhaps is a better way to put it, that impact on the family. I have talked to so many couples, so many families in the last few weeks, and and I'll ask something to the effect of, hey, how has quarantine been for you? You know, how, mm. how are you guys holding up? And they typically feel really bad saying this because they recognize that there's a global pandemic happening, but a lot of them will say, it has been such a gift. Mm-hmm. It has been such a gift to our family to have time together to, to create these new habits in our home, to simply be in our home, you know, to invest and to be a steward of this home that we've been given. I know so many of my friends have redecorated or have, you know, cleaned out closets and, and some yep. of those things. I did not, I was not that productive. I did not <laughs> clean out my closets, but, but we redecorated. And, and, you know, I think there's actually really something to be said for creating an environment uh, in your home where your family can really be comfortable together, relax together, play games together, whatever that means. Uh, so, yeah, there's just a real joy that I think uh, has come with the time together, being at home, not rushing. And, and I think that the modern busyness, the go, 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 the nonstop sporting events or something on the calendar every single night is actually a great attack on the family because yes. they're, they're just exhausted. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's such an attack even on Sundays, yeah. you know, where some of these events are just scheduled from morning, noon and night on Sundays. And, and now here you have time for spiritual communion. You always should mm-hmm. have had time for mass or right. now with spiritual communion for those in our listening area who do not have mass opened up to them yet. Um, but yeah, it, it is really nice to have those opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in right now, we are um, Brad Gray and Janine Bits, and we're speaking with Emily Leadham, the Director of Marriage and Family Life, Family and Respect Life uh, for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, talking about issues surrounding the family. Um, Emily, one of the things that I found particularly striking lately, um, uh, I guess we're going we're, we're gonna to have to step away here for a break, Briefly, and so what we'll do is we'll come back on the other side of this break, and we'll talk about this fascinating thing, fascinating statistic that I found uh, regarding the family and church uh, involvement. So we'll be right back on the other side of this break for more discussion on marriage and family life. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. If you are experiencing depression, anxiety, or suffering, especially from grieving, how can you find healing? I'm Father Chris Alar. While you should first seek professional help when needed, there is a roadmap that can help you to live your life again 
and it is called the Spiritual Principles of Divine Mercy. First, come to admit that you are powerless over the loss of your loved one. Second, come to trust that Jesus can restore your life to manageability. And third, make the decision to entrust your will, your life, and your loved one to the loving care and protection of God. Join us and learn more about how to apply these healing principles in your life. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College, and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. I chose Mount Marty because when I first visited Mount Marty College my freshman year, I could feel the sense of community and the relationships I built with the professors I met and the coaches I met the very first time on campus was really impactful to me. Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College, experience the momentum. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And we are very, very back for you. Uh, on, here on Real Presence Live, we're Brad Gray. And, and I'm Janine Bitson, and it's just been a wonderful discussion already with Emily. Start, yep. So, yeah, thank you so much again, Emily, for joining us. Yep. So, Emily, we've got Emily Leadham on the line, the Director of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And we are talking about um, the situation of the family in our in our culture right now. And, uh, Emily, one of the things that I uh, came across recently, I think you and I have had a discussion about this, we're colleagues, we're both family life directors, um, yep. is the role of, of marriage uh, in the preservation of marriage in terms of the life of the church uh, and preserving um, faithful attendance in church. I had heard a statistic recently that, you know, we, we, we talk about how millennials are, in so many ways, it's, it's, we bemoan some of the trends that we're seeing in millennials and the, the faithlessness yeah. that uh, is often reflected in, in that generation. And, and each generation going forward, it seems like we, we go, off, go further and further away from the Lord and from the church, right? Um, but the, the fascinating thing was the, the general statistic, I think, for millennials was something like 20% of them attend church. Yeah. But um, for those who are have both parents still living at home raising them, it was 76%, which is the same mm-hmm. as all previous generations. So perhaps mm-hmm. the issue is not so much necessarily the generation of the millennials, but the state of the family, right? The state of marriage. Right. Yes. 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 And as a proud millennial of two parents that are happily married, mm-hmm. that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think absolutely having the consistency and having a united front in it, because mm-hmm. I think that's where you start to really, um, kids are not dumb. Mm-hmm. They're really not. They're, they're very intuitive. They're, they're very watchful. They're very observant. Um, and so when they see their parents um, really being a united team, a united front, um, and even in couples that maybe don't share a common um, faith denomination, so maybe one is Catholic and one is Protestant or whatever, if they present to their child a common vision mm-hmm. um, for the religious experience of their child, it still is it's st- 
still is is the statistic still stands. Right. You know? Um, and so, yeah, absolutely, Brad. I think it's, it's, it's really telling that is it really... Is it really the, a millennial problem, or is it really a family problem? Yes. Um, because, yeah, kids are attentive, and they know if there's a discrepancy, it's kind of like, well, if dad's not on board or if mom's not on board, then it must not be entirely true. Right. You know, there's just a, a, a much greater um, apathy or questioning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so there was this past weekend, there was a Joyful Ever After virtual uh, marriage summit. There's a, a virtual conference, and there have been just a, a slew of these since the beginning of April. I think it was. Yes. There's been so many virtual things, and I think many of us are virtualed out. But yes. um, I did. I did log on to this because I thought this is kind of a, a unique opportunity that my wife Lisa and I can do together, little by little. And you can you can buy the premium all access passes, so you have um, the ability to watch these videos after the weekend is over. And so I did that, and we've been picking our way through them, and it's kind of. Um, I guess it's been a little bit convicting for me uh, in terms of how nearly every presenter talks about the need for the weekly date night, the the need for being intentional about cultivating your marriage, because marriages are not, if you're not being intentional, it's not going to grow. It's going yeah, to decay. Yeah. Yeah, you you yeah. just can't put it on uh, autopilot and uh, expect it to grow. Yeah. And that is so important. And I remember even when um, my husband and I were we're first married and had, well, and, and then had our first child. I remember my husband's mom saying it's so important that you have time together. Mm-hmm. And so we went on a vacation, and luckily we had a really good friend who took our son, who was, what, nine months old. And it was so hard for me to leave him. I knew when he was waking, mm-hmm. when he was eating, you know, everything. But she really instilled how important it is for you to grow and, mm-hmm. you know, stay close in that relationship with your husband and, and uh, have these opportunities. And we've done it for 31 years. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> you know, going to yeah. a little mini vacation every year together. And, uh, and it is. It's so important. And it doesn't mean you have to, you know, go a week away from your kids. But definitely the date nights once a week yeah. would be a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So, Emily, um, one of the other things that uh, has come up recently is there was going to be a, a Family Life Directors Summit. Uh, was it, it was supposed to be last week, I think, the, for Family Life Directors around the country that, of course, because of the, the pandemic, uh, it got moved online. So we were, they yeah. spread it out over the course of five Fridays, and the first one was last Friday. And it's being led by um, Greg and Lisa Popcheck, and they're kind of in conjunction with the, the Father Peyton Institute. I don't, that's not probably the proper name for it, but it's the institute that came out of his initiative, and Father Peyton was the one who's had a family that prays together, stays together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so the, the theme uh, of this last one is something that, you know, I've heard you speak about very passionately many times uh, in, in recent months um, about this aspect of the domestic church. Do you want to talk a little bit about the domestic church, Emily? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think we all we all hear that term, but a lot of us are kind of like, what does it really mean practically, you know, in, in the ordinary? And um, we have, you know, the universal church, meaning all of the Catholics across the world, you know, under the shepherd of Pope Francis. And then we have the local diocesan church under the bishops. Um, and then we have our local parish church, where it's the building that we go to, maybe the programming that we participate in, the place where we receive a lot of our sacraments or our formation. 
And then really the most nuclear, and, and in some ways I would say the foundational, mm-hmm. so it kind of if it's the, you know, a pyramid, um, it's actually the foundational element of the church, which is the domestic church, that place in our homes where we first learn what it means to be people of faith, to be people of virtue. Um, and, and really the heart of the domestic church is kind of embracing... Um, almost embracing a liturgy and and mm-hmm. one of the things that the um that family life director summit really talked about is the domestic church as a as a liturgy and Brad you I was late on the call so yeah. you could probably kind of summarize it um more eloquently um but well, it really it kind of just was was trying to bring forward that methodology yeah i was just struck by the fact that the pop checks really make the point that the family is not kind of by by way of analogy a domestic church, like it has certain similarities to the church. It actually is the church um, yeah. in, in the most, as you said, kind of the most essential basic level it, in the same way that all of our cells of our body are our body and, and that our yeah. body cannot be our body without all those cells being healthy and well and functioning and, and united. Right. Um, and so, so the body of Christ too cannot uh, function and, and really live and thrive apart from the health and the wellness of, of the family. And the family is, is the church. In, in, yeah. um, and they talked about this vision about how, um, you know, we kind of have this, this notion that um, the church is focused around the parish, right? Which is, you know, that's not a bad thing. That's something that we've, we've grown up with. Um, but there can be kind of unconsciously communicated this idea that families exist to support the parish. Right. Yes. And, yes. and they, they kind of flip that a little bit. Do you want to talk about that, Emily? Yeah. Oh, it just was so convicting to me because, yeah, especially as somebody who works in ministry, you know, where is my emphasis? Am I trying to figure out how to make the parish sustainable or am I trying to figure out how to make the family sustainable? Mm -hmm. And, And when we're a church that is there to serve the family, it, it does, it totally flip flops the order. And I think, and I think it rightly orders the church, quite frankly, mm-hmm. you know, it or, rightly orders parish life, parish work. Um, you know, I think there's so often that that priests I hear are just really frustrated or DREs are really frustrated because we just can't get families involved. You know, they're too busy. They don't want to show up. They mm-hmm. don't want to come, um, whatever. And, and I just, I always kind of want to say, well, why is it that they don't want to come? Mm-hmm. Maybe what we're offering doesn't actually serve them. Mm-hmm. And them coming to volunteer at the parish potluck is actually the, the wrong thing, perhaps, right now to be focusing on. Instead, maybe it's a matter of we're going to call every single one of us, the families in our parish and say, what is it that you need right now? This has been a crazy four months. This has been a hard four months. How can we pray for you? How can we help you? Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in my time being a Catholic, I think I've had my parish call me once. Right. Um, and it was this last, and it was two months ago. Oh, wow. You know, uh, in order not just to say what, maybe I've gotten, uh, hey, can you come volunteer at this or sure. whatever, but for my parish to simply call me and say, what can we do for you? I was like, whoa. What, where am I? What is this? You know? Yeah. And so really, I think we have to kind of start rethinking our parishes. Like, yeah, they exist to serve the family. They exist to serve the people. 
and um, and that's going to come back to the parish. Yeah, it like, was... that's not just going to stay stagnant. It will actually come back and bless the parish more appropriately. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very powerful vision of of the ministry of the parish and how that's intended to to feed and and nourish um, family life. And I think that's what every priest wants. I, I, I honestly Absolutely. believe that that's what their um, their focus is. And so the challenge a lot Amen. of times is how do you how do they go about that, right? Um, yes. So, yes. you know, maybe once we've gone further and perhaps even completed our Family Life Director Summit, maybe we can have you back on, Emily, and we can dive a little bit more deeply into this, uh, this issue yes. of the domestic church. That'd be great. Yes, that would be fun, because I know there's so much to continue to unpack and, and really just kind of shifting our perspective of how we serve families. I think it's it's a really... Um, timely conversation, and I think it's going to be a really fruitful conversation. So I would be honored to do that. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, it's been great having you on this morning, Emily. We are going to have to take a quick break, uh, but stay with us, because when we come back, we're going to talk about an iconic man movie and how the theme of fatherhood comes in throughout it. So stay with us for more Real Presence Radio. we got all kinds of great stuff coming at you on the other side of this break.